North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Love Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Dr. Low Radio, where you hear the very best in natural medicine and nutrition. And I am talking about the best. We have some really great guests on this show and some great topics. And thank you so much for listening. I've gotten some really cool feedback um, about the show recently. Just people who have said they decided to go to naturopathic school because of listening to the show and, um, you know, I would like spouses and siblings and kids who've gotten help health you know health wise and it's just so rewarding to be able to listen to those stories and read you know the emails and messages. So I just want to thank all you guys for giving me feedback. And if you haven't given me feedback, I would love to hear it because I got to tell you sometimes I mean I see the numbers of how many people who listen, but sometimes I just don't really know what people are actually getting from the show. So I would really love to hear from you guys. If you're loving what you're hearing, let me know. You know, write to me, go to my website and send me a message or you know, like me on Facebook and just send me a little comment because it just really gives me that that fuel to keep on going. Um, so drlaurennoel.com is my website, facebook.com slash drlaurennoel, and of course on Twitter, which I've been lagging on Twitter lately, um, at drlaurennoel, I'm on there. Last week's show was pretty cool. It was all about natural health for babies and kids. So it's been like two years since I started the show and haven't done anything really for kids. So it was really nice to change it up and, um, you know, bring some new material on the show. And so uh, all you parents out there, if you missed last week's show, it was a really great one. It was um, We covered a lot of the basics, but a lot of things that are really controversial like vaccines and, um, you know, breastfeeding and natural births and uh, what about fevers? Are fevers good for you? So it was um, some real controversial topics, but um, had a had a great expert on the show. So check that out. And of course, you can listen to all the previous shows on uh, the iTunes podcast. Just type in Dr. Low Radio and you'll find all of them on there. Tonight's show, we have some repeat guests in the building. We have Dr. Jason and Mira Calton. They are the authors of Rich Food, Poor Food, which is a brand new book, just actually not even released it. I think it's released in a couple of weeks. And Jason and Mira were guests, uh, I think, probably about a year ago. Um, they were the, they're the authors of Naked Nutrition, and they have the most amazing story where they traveled the world and looked at all these different cultures throughout the entire planet and, and looked at how they eat, how they live, and had some really amazing insights. And their 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 story is just really, really incredible. And just seeing how much, uh, you know, processed foods and just the Western way, really, the industrial industrialization has affected just so many different um, cultures around the planet. And that was in their book, Naked Calories. And it was it's such a really great read. And this new book is called Rich Food, Poor Food. And and this takes it more to Americans. So it's not so global. Um, but it gives you some really great information about how to make smart choices when you go to the supermarket. And you don't have to go to Whole Foods, you know, to be able to use the information in this book. In fact, it gives you a lot of great information about going to just a regular, you know, conventional grocery store. And I get it that food is expensive. 
really healthy food can be expensive, and I get it. I hear it all the time. And so to be able to get really strategic in food choices and be able to, you know, know maybe what you should get organic and maybe what other things, maybe it's not as big of a deal or what are some really great brands that are doing it right and maybe not charging, you know, excessive amounts of money. So they make this this whole process really simple. And um, today when I was at, at the clinic, I'm actually still at the clinic now, stayed after um, to do the show from work. Um, but I've been given this book to different patients in the IV lounge and they're just flipping through it and it's just like, wow, this is such great information. And so Sometimes I just think that, you know, sometimes what I know, I feel like it's just kind of normal to me, but it's like groundbreaking for typical people, you know, like this, this information is really not known by a lot of people. So I, I love um, the book that, that the Caltons have put together. It just makes it really, really simple to make really smart decisions in your grocery store. So I highly recommend that certainly any parent should get this book, but like pretty much every American should read it because we are just bombarded with so many food labels and just very deceiving and misleading claims. And uh, so you have to really educate yourself to know what is okay and what's not okay for your health. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest for tonight. Of course, as you know, it's Jason and Mira Calton. And the let me look here at the bio. All right, so Mira Calton is a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine. She's a licensed certified nutritionist. She's a certified personal fitness chef and is board certified in integrative health. She holds a diploma in comprehensive nutrition from Huntington College of Health Sciences. She's completed the Yale University School of Medicine's online weight management counseling for healthcare practitioners, and she currently sits on the American Board of Integrative Health. Her interest in nutrition, if you guys listen to the first show, you know that it came after being diagnosed at the age of 30, 3-0, with integrate or sorry, with advanced osteoporosis. She got osteoporosis in a couple years before me, I'm 32, and I couldn't imagine having osteoporosis now, so it's really amazing. Working with her husband, her now husband, Dr. Jason Calton, to become micronutrient sufficient, she reversed her condition, and now they really pay it forward and work together and to inspire other people to do the same. Dr. Jason Calton, he's a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine, a diplomat of the College of Clinical Nutrition, and he is board certified in integrative health and sports nutrition. Jason's worked with thousands of of international clients over the last 20 years to improve their health through his unique nutritional and lifestyle therapies. The Calton major, uh, sorry, Dr. Calton majored in molecular microbiology and holds a master's of science and a PhD in nutrition. He's also completed postdoctoral continuing medical education at Harvard Medical School, Cornell University, and Yale University School of Medicine. So both of them are quite smart. They are the authors, again, of Naked Calories and Rich Food, Poor Food. And I just absolutely love them. And I am happy to call them my friends. So I'm really excited to have you guys back on the show. Calton's, welcome to Dr. La Radio. Hello. Hello. We're so happy to be back. <laughs> Yay. You, you guys have had the craziest day, right? I mean, tell me what your day's been like today. Well, we woke up at 5. Um, we had we were in New York City, first of all. It was freezing cold. We woke up at 5 o'clock this morning to go do uh, Fox and Friends, where we've been regularly being featured, which is just fantastic because we get to bring this message to a really large audience. And yeah. uh, so we did that, and uh, the car was waiting for us as we came off of the set, and they whisked us off to the airport where we went directly onto an airplane and flew back into Orlando where we picked up our dog from our family, and then we drove back to Sarasota, and we have been busy doing promotions and radio and, and all night, and now we're here with you. 
Wow. And you guys are just going at it. See, you take such good care of yourself, so that means you can handle this crazy life, right? <laughs> we can handle it, and not only that, we're just on this high. Because, I mean, <laughs> Rich Food, Poor Food has been getting such great reviews. And, you know, when you write a book, you you know, you, you just you pour yourself into it. You know, Mira and I, we would write from from basically 3 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. And we would, you know, we poured through you know, hours and hours and thousands of hours in the grocery store looking at thousands of different products, just hoping that the information would be accepted by the general public. And the book is doing, re- we're number 13 right now on Amazon in all books. Um, we, it's being just, it's being really accepted by the, by the general population. So we're, we're just really happy. Well, that's that's really where this message needs to reach, you know. It's like we go to these different paleo conferences and nutrition conferences, and it's like we know this stuff, but do the masses know this? This is where people need to know this stuff because it's life-changing. It's it's completely changed how my family eats. I mean, I have, I, you know, I will preach to anyone who listens, and God knows I have preached to them over the years. But mm-hmm. no matter how many times I said, you know, you can't have that or you should really find products with that, nobody did anything. Nobody really made real changes or changes that were, you know, repetitive and really life, life-altering. And then mm-hmm. this book comes out, and when we, you know, we had advanced copies and stuff, our family is just are so cool with it now. They can go grocery shopping, pull it out, and they don't have to wonder, like, is this the one mirror would have said? Or mm-hmm. is there an ingredient hiding in this I shouldn't have? And it's just <laughs> really, really nice that it just gives somebody the the education that they need in order to go grocery shopping to not only increase the amount of micronutrients, but to decrease the amount of dangerous hazardous ingredients that they put in their cart. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. mom picked us up at the airport today, and she's like, well, I bought the organic chicken. I took the rich food, poor food to Whole Foods with me. I've got this brand of this. I got, And I'm like... You know, I for 20 years I've been telling you to eat better. And she's like, yeah, but you didn't tell me exactly what to buy. Well, now we did. And I think that's that's the secret to this book is that it educates you. It's a great read in and of itself, but it's something you can buy and literally take with you that day to the grocery store and make real changes in your life. And it's just simple. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thank you in advance because I know this book it hasn't officially been released yet, but I'm, I thank you in advance for writing this book because it's going to make it a lot easier for my patients. And I could be like, take this. I can't, you know, obviously I can't walk with you to the grocery store and show you what to buy, so it makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Just so you know, it is, it, we came out a week early, so people, it's already shipping. Oh, um, awesome. It's actually, they're doing a really cool thing on Amazon where it arrives the very next day. Um Ooh. They put it out a week. They put it out a week early, so so people can go on now. Um, and it, it's officially launched. We launched early. Sweet, awesome. Our well, very baby good. has hit the shelves. <laughs> well, I am looking at it right now, and it's a pretty book. And tell us, what is rich food, poor food exactly? What's it all about? Well, first and foremost, rich food does not mean expensive food, okay? Rich food means micronutrient-rich and micronutrient-poor. So in our first book, you talked a little bit about naked calories. You know, our first love, the book that we, that we just had to get out there, talking about micronutrient deficiency epidemics all around the world, we talked about something called the rich food, poor food philosophy. It was really simple. If you want to be healthy, if you want to get enough vitamins, minerals, and essential fats, eat foods that are rich in micronutrients and try to avoid foods that are poor in micronutrients. And so that's where the title came from. It was a continuation. We got a lot of people emailing us and writing us and saying, you know, well, it's, it sounds simple. I want to be healthy. I want to get enough micronutrients. But how do I find 
the right foods outside of the typical local produce and organic produce and grass-fed beef? What about in the rice aisle, the pasta aisle, the cereal aisle, the ice cream aisle, the snack aisle, the candy bar aisle? Are there rich foods there too? And ironically, although you may not think so, there are. We took it aisle by aisle, and what we did is we really scrutinized the foods. And in this book, we then we now show you which foods are have the highest micronutrient value. And then we did something else. We upped the ante on food quality. And before we actually certify anything as a rich food, we also look at it from the poor food perspective. How many of these poor food ingredients, ingredients that could be potentially dangerous to your health, are included? If they're in the food, we don't include it in our in our poor food in our rich food choices. Excuse me. Hmm. It's really great. Awesome. Well, this is definitely needed. And you know, I know that patients tell me they go to the grocery store and they're just just bombarded. You know, you walk in and it's like there's so many things that you can buy and there's so many health claims and and there's so many lies really. I mean, is there any kind of regulation, like real truthful regulation where a company, you know, has to put the truth and can't put lies or is it just they can kind of just put whatever they want? Well, it's, 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 it, you know, these things do actually mean things. There are words that mean things. The problem is they don't necessarily mean what we think they mean. And that it's, um, some things will, like, for example, pastured means something on a chicken, but it doesn't mean something for the chicken's egg. So there's all these crazy loopholes. Natural is the number one most common thing written on a package. And that's because studies have shown that people pick up natural products thinking that they're the healthiest. Actually, by I think it's like two to one for more than even certified organic. Now, natural, you know, you think about it and you're like, wow, beautiful pastures and, you know, it's going to be a fantastically yeah. clean product. And it does mean some things. It means that there won't be any synthetic or artificial ingredients. And that if it's meat, it will be minimally processed. But it also has a whole lot of things in there that you still wouldn't want. Because if it's natural, it can still contain high fructose corn syrup. It can still have partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, modified food starch. It can be made with hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, chemical fertilizers, genetic engineering, and, yes, sewage sludge. Because all these things are natural. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we still wouldn't want them. So natural isn't really a word that you want to find on a package. Same with made with or contains. I like reading that as it's made with something else and contains a whole lot of something else. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to trick you into thinking that it contains real fruit juice. But the fruit juice might be, A, not the fruit that you're even thinking you're buying. A lot of the juices, like, you know, a lot of pomegranate juices are actually like a grape juice with a dash of pomegranate in it. Or the only juice in there is a juice concentrate, which is really just a sugar. So a lot of these, we call them our misleading misfits in the mm-hmm. chapter, Know Before You Go. These are really things that you have to know what they mean so that you can shop just a little bit more, you know, intelligently. Mhm. Yeah. So what are some of the the really really safe words that when people look at a label and it says these particular things you're like, "Oh, this is this is most likely going to be a safe food for me or a rich food for me." Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, well, you know, specific. yeah, it's that, it's. I wish it was that easy. Now, one of the things we do in the book is we we break we we do something called the divide and conquer method. We teach people how to read the food labels, and of course, what you're talking about now is the front of the packaging, and we call that the billboard. And that's really what that part of the food packaging is. It's 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 where the manufacturer gets to advertise to you. It, you know, bright mm-hmm. colors, lots of fun characters, and and all those. Those terms. Now, there are terms that mean things. I mean, you know, low fat means three grams or less per 50 grams of food. They're very specific for meals and main dishes. Three grams or less per 100 grams, uh, and not more than 30 percent of the calories. There, there are actual real. Uh, 
you know, constraints and terms that they have to follow. But those things don't tell us whether a food is a rich food or a poor food. A food may be low fat, it may be low carb, it may be high protein, but that doesn't tell us. We have to get past the billboard, we have to get past the nutrition facts, and we have to read the ingredient list. It's really the last bastion of hope for health-conscious people because on that ingredient list, all those terms, all those different words, and oftentimes words that we don't understand, those are the words that tell us whether or not the food is a rich food or a poor food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a real hot topic now that's finally starting to gain attention from people outside of just the health industry is genetically modified foods. So, yes, it didn't pass in California to have that labeled. Um, but I think it's really just just showing that, that it actually wasn't defeated by a landslide shows that there's a lot of interest in this topic. So um, genetically modified foods, how, based on a person looking at a label, um, how would they know if it's genetically modified if they could? Um, and if they can't, just in general, like what foods tend to be genetically modified more so than other foods? Okay. Well, 80% of everything in your grocery store include, it contains genetically modified ingredients. That is shocking. It's shocking Ugh. and it's scary. So 80% of those, those foods in the entire grocery store, there's 40,000 food items in the average grocery store, 80% of which are going to be genetically modified. Um, what we did in the book is we basically broke it down and gave you five very simple rules that you can follow to make sure that you are not going to put them into your cart. Number one, buy organic whenever possible. Organic foods are not allowed to be genetically modified. Uh, the second one is if a product is not organic, look for something like a non-GMO label on it, non-GMO projects, certifies, and a lot of different companies are now putting non-GMO on, on the label. Number three, either choose local or organic pasture-raised dairy and meat, because if not, they're generally fed GMO animal feed. So organic, chicken, all those things, they, they can't have the GMO feed, and that's a big worry. And then you have to worry about um, at-risk ingredients and their derivatives. So soy, like 93% of all soy is genetically modified. So you don't want to have anything with soy. So that's things like soybean oil, soy protein, soy lecithin, which is in everything these days, and even mm. just the term vegetable oil. Uh, mm. Corn, 83%, uh, no, corn is 86% of all corn is genetically modified. So that's your corn oil, your high fructose corn syrup, your maltodextrin, your cornstarch. Then we have the canola, 90% of canola. So that's if you see canola or rapeseed oil. Now here's mm. one that people do not know about still, sugar. When you see sugar on the label, this is not the sugar cane that your grandparents used. 50, was it 55%? 55% of all the sugar on a label is actually from genetically modified sugar beets. What? Yeah, crazy, right? Because we all see sugar and we say, oh, sugar, it's sugar cane. It's not. It's sugar beet. And sugar beet is genetically modified. 95% of all of them are genetically modified. So when you see sugar on there, you can almost be assured that you're getting genetically modified foods. People don't think about that. Even a lot of people who I think, you know, uh, you know, people who are very strict in their paleoprimal diets yeah. and still has sugar, you know, that's one that people are overlooking. Well, I didn't even know that. Dang. So I mean, you could be getting something that has, you're like, oh, I'm going to splurge today. I'm going to get this little treat. It has three or four ingredients. Like I know I'm supposed to have something with less ingredients, ingredients I can pronounce. Oh, it has a little bit of sugar in there, so it's okay. But you're telling me even that can be genetically modified. Yeah. Absolutely. If it's not organic sugar, if it doesn't say sugar cane, that's why uh -huh. I've never seen you noticed, but in the past few years now on the labels, a lot of times you see sugar cane. 
actually written out that way. That's because so little amount of the sugar that we're actually eating these days actually comes from sugar cane. The people want to actually boast on their label (laughs) that it's sugar cane, which is a sad state of America. The people want to like, woohoo, sugar cane. (laughs) That's so funny. It's true. And then like zucchini and crookneck squash. You know, those are genetically modified as well. So those those crops are, those are things you definitely want to buy organic in the grocery store. 25,000 acres of zucchini and crookneck yellow squash are out there right now. Oh, and then you want to also science. make sure that your Hawaiian papayas are. Mm-hmm. And then also you just, any sort of conventional dairy, meat, fish, all of those are things that are, again, eating GMO feed. So you want to stick away from those. And the last one is byproducts that say no to GMOs. We actually have an entire appendix in the book um, just on that topic because a lot of times there are a lot of good companies that are saying no to GMOs but maybe have not gone for organic certification because it is so expensive. So okay. we've actually gone down every single aisle and told you the absolute truth on which one of these companies are absolutely guaranteed, third-party verified, to not put GMOs in their foods, even mm-hmm. if they're not labeled organic. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, the ingredient soy lecithin that you mentioned is a, is a big one because that's in, like, I'm kind of a chocolate fiend, as my devoted fans know. So, you know, I, I, I'm very particular about what kind of chocolate I have. But sometimes, you know, I look on the back and it does have some soy lecithin. It'll say organic everything else, but then soy lecithin will right. creep in there and it won't say organic. So that means it could be genetically modified, right? Oh, that means it likely is. If, they, if they're putting uh, organic next to the other ingredients and they're not putting organic next to soy lecithin, <laughs> You best bet that it's probably genetically modified. The other one is citric acid. I mean, we know because we manufacture our products, but citric acid is so hard to find organic. It took us, like, a long time to be able to locate it because we all think of citric acid as coming from citrus because it sounds like it does, and it used to. But it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It comes from corn now, and it's almost all genetically modified, and citric acid is in everything. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, too, that you can do when you're in the produce section to protect yourself against the against um, the GMOs is to look at the PLU codes on your produce. Now, PLU codes uh, aren't on all produce, but these are those little stickers that you do see on a lot of them. And those codes actually mean something. If it starts mm-hmm. with a four, a three or a four, it means that it, it's conventional. If it starts with a nine, it means that it's organic. And if it starts with an eight, that's GMO. This is something that um, the president of Agro of Asgro Seed Company, a subsidiary of Monsanto, said about GMOs. And this is a quote from him. If you put a label on genetically engineered foods, you might as well put a skull and crossbones on it. And it's exactly, it's, it's true. And that's why they're fighting so hard against not labeling these GMOs. But we have all the tricks of the trade that you need right here in the book to protect yourself. You just apply these few rules and you use the PLEU codes and you, you, know, you just have some awareness and you'll be able to see right through you know, their deception. Mm-hmm. Wow. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm going to um, open it up to the phone lines. If you guys would like to call and ask a question, the number is 818-495-6919. My lines are totally open, so you guys call in, 818-495-6919. So did you guys just, were you just floored when you were doing research for this book? I mean, did you just uncover so many things you had no idea about? Oh, my God, totally. Because like you, we all think we're already shopping really well. Yeah. And then you're just like, then you start really going down the rabbit hole, and you're like, this is what? Like, mm-hmm. the dangerous ingredients, the banned ingredients, that was one that, you know, is getting a lot of press right now. It's shocking. It's completely shocking to me that so many 
of the foods that we eat are filled with these chemical ingredients that have an industrial use. And we would never think of pouring the industrial product down our throat, but it's the same exact product that is in a food item that is prevalent in the grocery store. And nobody thinks twice when they see it on the label because most people don't know what they mean. And that's one of the things that really shocks me because I know that we're all smart enough not to, you know, eat floor, you know, floor, what is it, the stuff that makes your floor shiny, you know, like an industrial Mm-hmm. Um, coating for, you know, industrial floors. But, of course, that is in a lot of our foods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's numerous, numerous examples. That is actually artificial colors. Artificial colors are the same exact things that are in lice shampoo to mm-hmm. kill the lice. Um, it's really, it's coal tar. And yet people put it on their little kids' cookies and in their frosting. Oh. And it's it's even in the – they even color white sour cream to make it whiter because there's no real white mm-hmm. in nature. So it's really, really amazing. That's one of the things that really shocked me is just how far we've come to really being able to just throw things that are completely dangerous to the mm-hmm. human consumption into foods and have people just overlook it and just have no clue that it's in there. So be honest, did any of your little conspiracy theories kind of come up, or were you like, no, there's no way that there's there's something behind this? Well, I mean, I, we're waiting for the phone to start ringing from some of these companies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, seeing that the book just launched, we know that there's probably going to be some backlash from some of these yeah. larger companies that we call out by name. And we did that on purpose because we felt that if we're going to praise some, we have to tell you the pitfalls of the others. Totally. Um, it's it's totally fair, you know, and if we, our hope is that these companies then go in and reformulate their products to at least bring them up to the standards of the other products they're making in other countries. Like, right. for instance, a lot of the products don't, you know, when they make the same product in the U.K. or in the E.U. or, you know, wherever it's going, they make them a lot safer than they make them here in the States. They have all natural colors. They have natural flavors. They don't include some of the nasty ingredients that are banned. And so even if we can just make it so that we at least get to the level that they already know is they're already making, I mean, even that's a good thing. So we're, we're just really mm-hmm. trying to bring some awareness, and, and hopefully by not purchasing this junk, we're going to get people to uh, to get it off of the shelves. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, for years, you know, in my practice, I, you know, I had client after client, just like yourself, they come in, they say, you know, what should I do? And you tell them, you know, just eat real food and just, you know, just if you, if you, if it looks funny to you, you know, you can usually identify a highly processed foods. One of my kind of big surprises when we were writing this book was this product called the Hormel Natural Choice 100% Natural Canadian Bacon. It's, it's in the brown packaging. You know, it says 100% natural on it. It's got all the indicators that it's going to be just, you know, a really healthy Canadian bacon, except for it was one of the worst deli meats we found. What looks like Canadian bacon contained more than 30 ingredients. Now, that's all that's in there. It's just, it's, just, it's just a package, brown package, a clear, you know, see-through with cellophane wrapper, and there's the Canadian bacon. But it isn't just Canadian bacon. It includes sugar, molasses, corn syrup, brown sugar, honey, pineapple juice concentrate, hydrolyzed soy protein, hydrolyzed corn gluten, caramel color, wheat starch, soy flour, soybean oil, and it went on and on and on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have we really gone this far that I can't even visually identify, you know, a food that's just got a single or two or three ingredients, but 30 ingredients in that one food. Mm. Mm. It's crazy. And the the crazy thing, that, though, is that the, the same foods here and in the U.K., I mean, 
you know, like, for example, the food colorings or the things that are sweetened with, I mean, the same exact food would would be totally fine here. I mean, if you use, like, the beet coloring instead of red number 40, people it's not like people wouldn't buy it. I mean, it's like, why do you have to have these toxic chemicals in the food? Yeah, they did studies, and the reason that they do so many colors is because when they had people taste test food, and they actually left uh, the exact same food, so it was like a macaroni and cheese, and they gave it to somebody with, like, a, a beigey noodle with a beigey cream sauce on it. It was mac and cheese. Yeah. And then the only difference they did is they colorized it to be that bright orange cheese color, and they whitened the noodles, and then they served them that dish. They actually ate so much more of the colorful one, and they said they tasted completely different. The wow. other one was so bland they would never eat it. And because we are so, you know, brainwashed to think this way, obviously our brains, you know, we eat with our eyes as much as we do with our stomachs. In our mouths, but the whole thing is we're so brainwashed to think that we need to have these electric colors in order for the food to be appetizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Nutri-Green bars are a perfect example in the book, and we actually show you the labels off of them. You know, beet is a perfect thing, saffron for yellow, paprika for red. They, all of these things have always been used. Our ancestors used them not only to color our food, but to color our clothing. Um, you know, it was just the spices were naturally used for these things. And it would be really nice to go back to them. They're safe. And they don't cause so many problems, especially because the kids eat so much of this stuff. It's mm-hmm. really, you know, their bodies are so much smaller, and they are just it's wreaking havoc on, on the youth. Yeah, and the yeah. ironic is that they are doing it in the other countries. It isn't difficult for them. It, isn't, it wouldn't be harder. It's not like they have to go to the, you know, back to the drawing board, and now we've got to redo, ramp this entire product. No, they're already doing it over there. All they have to do over here is just do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It is just that, madness. Yeah. I know. And that's what I said, like, every single time. I mean, we were those lunatics that literally, you know, every single day we were sitting on the ground, you know, with our books and our notepads and our cameras, like, in different aisles of the grocery store. And people would just walk by and, you know, they'd hear us. And, like, I was just the other day we were in the cereal aisle trying to find the worst one because we were we were doing a Fox episode. And we wanted to bring, like, the worst cereal possible. And we're sitting down the aisle. We're like, oh, my God, look at the ingredients in this one. And this poor woman comes walking by. And she like, goes to grab her cereal. And she hears us. And she's like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. And she just put it back and walked away. Um, you feel, you know, it would be nice if I had, you know, had the time to be like, no, buy this one instead. Because right. um, there are there are great cereals that are wheat-free that are still healthy. Um, but there's great things down every aisle, and that's what we want to show people. You don't have to take it away from your children and say they can't have cookies anymore. You don't right. have to say that there's any food that's off limits. You just have to find a healthy alternative to things that you're already eating. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. And that's that's what, you know, it's all about just awareness and educating yourself for that. What about um, fruits, fruits and vegetables? So, you know, of course, people always say eating healthy is so expensive. But if you know which fruits and vegetables that are the most affected by pesticides, then you focus on those and spend, you know, most of your money making sure to get those organic. And the other ones, you don't have to worry so much. And you talk about this in your book. So can you kind of go into that a bit? 
Yeah, well, we created something called the Fab 14 and the Terrible 20. And the Fab 14 are those fruits and vegetables that you can buy conventionally because they have the least amount of pesticide residue, according to the EWG. And so we compiled that information, and then we combined it with something else. We went to the GMO project, and we looked at what they were doing with their GMO um, produce, or the, or the produce that would be likely to be genetically modified, and we combined the two the two lists. So now, now if it's on the FAB 14, it's absolutely safe to buy conventionally. You'll have no pesticide residue or very little, and they are guaranteed not to be genetically modified. On the other side, the Terrible 20, we give you 20 uh, different produce that have high pesticide residue and are likely to be genetically modified. Those are going to be like the sweet corns, the Hawaiian papayas, the zucchini, the, the crookneck squash. And the zucchini and squash, we find this a lot of times at the restaurants. It's, all, it's, it's often served as a kind of the healthy side dish. But 25,000 acres in America, that's a lot of acres of zucchini and crookneck squash are, are planted genetically modified. And so you're going to find this in the restaurants and even in your, even in your farmer's markets. Mm. Um, yeah, we went to a farmer's market recently because for the book, we often take people out of the grocery store to to the farmer's market or to the Internet to actually order things. And um, we went to the grocery, the market the other day, and we were actually with a, with a farmer, and we said, you know, where did you get your seed for your mm. zucchini? Because they were the most ginormous zucchini I'd ever seen in my life. And I was going to make zucchetti, which is a recipe in the book. Mm-hmm. But um, I said, you know, is it, you know, are these genetically modified seeds? And they said, well, how would I even know? Mm. And I said, well, you're the farmer. <laughs> I said, oh, you're supposed to know. Crazy. And you'd really be amazed. The same basic knowledge that we're teaching you in the book is the same questions that you have to be able to ask when you're at the market. Same thing when with the market when you go and have eggs. You know, everyone's got their fresh, you know, eggs at the market. So there's a lot of questions you have to ask about what they've been fed and how they, you know, how much time they've spent outside and all the different things. So the same actual questions hold true regardless of where you're purchasing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, if and the, the farmer doesn't know, then the average person definitely doesn't know. <laughs> absolutely. I was, I was actually shocked um, that the farmer didn't know. They actually had got us three different people from that station, and none of them could tell us. Wow. Um, thing is, on our website, we created these, um, did you see the cool bags that we made? No. Oh, you saw it. Oh, I think so I saw it. we made these out. really awesome shopping totes, which aren't going to be available for a little while. We, You know, who knew that China took the entire month off of manufacturing? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're Rich Food Poor Food shopping totes. They're 100% recyclable, the same size as, like, the Whole Foods totes. And we're going to be giving them away for free with just shipping. But each set of totes has, like, because there's a, a different printings, they've got really cool rules on them. So one of them has actually on one side the Fab 14 and the Terrible 20 list. So when you go awesome. grocery shopping, you have it right over your arm at all times. Um, and cool. another one has, yeah, one has all the ingredients that are genetically modified on the back. And so they'll be able to, if they go onto our website at cultnutrition.com, they'll be able to order those as well as download a free wallet guide that we have to the Fab 14 and 20, Terrible 20 as well. Awesome, awesome. We're just well, trying to give everyone I, Yeah, make it fun, you know? I mean, totally. Make this make it fabulous. You gotta make it fabulous too so people will do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're nice looking. <laughs> cool. Now one topic that people get super confused about, and I totally get why it's confusing, is eggs. What kind of eggs are healthy? You know, I have patients coming through and you know, I, I do a diet diary on every single patient. I always ask them what they eat. 
And I get this all the time where they say, well, I have organic eggs or I have cage-free eggs. And they think that they're getting the, the prime, you know, source of eggs. And it's not really true. So go into the difference between egg qualities. Yeah, it can be very confusing. You've got cage-free, free-range, vegetarian-fed, you, 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 no hormone, naturally raised. So what do we really want to look for? The bottom line comes down to we want pastured eggs, and we prefer them to be pastured organic eggs. So first of all, we want the chicken to be in its natural environment, and you hear us talk about that in the book again and again and again, whether it's fish or it's beef or it's chicken. We want the chicken out in the grass, eating grass, grasshoppers, bugs, pecking around in the dirt, getting its mineral value. We want it absorbing the sunlight, because a chicken converts sunlight into vitamin D in its body the same way that humans do, and that vitamin D goes into the eggs. So, of course, eggs that are pastured have higher values. In fact, um, pastured eggs have seven times more beta carotene than conventional eggs, three times more vitamin E, twice as much of the omega-3s, which are so important in the eggs today, and two-thirds more vitamin A. So there's a definitely a micronutrient benefit to the pasture, pastured eggs. But then, of course, we want the organic, too, because chickens, unlike beef, can't just live off grass. So it does need some grain. Farmers are, you know, are going to feed them a certain amount of grain, and because grain, corn, and soy are the two that they like to use the most, and because they're so commonly genetically modified, having organic eggs will protect you from the farmers having used genetically modified grains, because you can't do that if, if, the, if it's organic. Mm-hmm. And they taste completely different. I mean, it's like a whole different food, the difference in the oh. eggs. Food. All food tastes different when it's made correctly, when it's been raised correctly. It's unbelievable. We, you know, we had my mom over for chicken recently, and we went to the farm, got a pasture-raised chicken, and it, we love them. And mm. my mom tasted just, it's so chickeny. <laughs> and I was like, well, well, it should be, because it's not just a bird that's soaked in water to try to plump right. it up. I mean, people don't realize that, but there's so much water in the average bird. Um, because of the way that it's the way it's processed, that a lot of the flavor is lost. Mm-hmm. And so when you get a, a you know a fresh bird from a local farm that's been raised properly, it has so much more flavor. It's just mm-hmm. it's a treat to have, right? And you don't need to eat as much because it's actually satisfying. Um, it's really amazing. The eggs are eggs. Obviously, they're going to have more of the you know lovely orange color from the beta carotene in the yolk. Um, than a regular egg, and it's really obvious. You know, crack two open in, the, in a pan someday, and you'll know which one is, is, is rich of micronutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing you guys talk about in the book that I, I think it's really important, especially people in the paleo community, is the difference in nut milks and non-dairy milks. So people go crazy on almond milk and rice milk and, you know, all these different kinds of non-dairy milks and don't really know that there's some crazy chemicals lurking in those cartons. So tell us a little bit about the difference in the non-dairy milks. Well, we kind of break it down. Um, We start with soy milk, which is our least favorite milk. Uh, We don't like soy because it's just not great for men. It's not necessarily recommended for children. Of course, uh, it blocks the body's ability to absorb iodine in the thyroid, so that's not great for metabolism. Um, So that's our least favorite. And, of course, because soy is so often genetically modified, it also has all kinds of 
stuff added into it. Because remember, when you're tr- when you're taking soy or you're taking rice or we're taking almonds, and then we're trying to make it have a mouthfeel. That's the term that they use in the industry, the mouthfeel for milk. Then we have to add some kind of thickening agents, and oftentimes these thickening agents are these gums or these carrageens or gargums and and all kinds of different things that can act as micronutrient depleters. A lot of times these gums, as you might expect, they 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 attach themselves or they chelate onto vital minerals in the body and they pull them out. So we don't like a lot of that stuff. Um, rice milk, lots of times we'll use artificial sweeteners in there. Uh, the almond milk, which a lot of people like, what we, what we sometimes tend to forget about nuts and seeds is that they're great. Yes, they're all natural. We do recommend sprouting those nuts and seeds to release a lot of the great micronutrients, but they're also high in omega-6. Some nuts and seeds really high in omega-6, so high Mm -hmm. that you're just never going to be able to make up the omega-3 ratio that you want to for a healthy diet by eating, uh, you know, the the meats and the fish. So be careful because, you know, yes, they're natural. Yes, they're healthy foods, but because of that high omega-6 value, you just don't want to be eating too much of them. Our favorite Mm -hmm. are the hemp milks and the coconut milk. Coconut's king as far as we're concerned. Um, it just tastes great. It's got so many essential micronutrients. It's got MCT. Those are those medium-chain triglycerides that are found in coconut naturally. They're antiviral, antibacterial. They're, they're like a fat that doesn't get used as fat. It gets used immediately. So it's almost a thermogenic effect you can get from it. Um, and, of course, one of the big things we want to watch out for in these non, uh, non these faux milks, is, especially if it's in a can, is the BPA. And so everything mm-hmm. in rich food, poor food is BPA-free, all of our choices. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like people think they're doing great. They're going to get, you know, they're getting the can of the coconut milk and don't even know there's BPA, which is a known carcinogenic chemical, lining it. And, of course, we know, too, that, that the toxin is very attracted to fat, you know, so it's just like just drinking some BPA down. <laughs> Exactly, and it's the same thing with tuna fish. I mean, tuna fish yeah. is one of those things. That was sort of an aha thing for us. Um, there's there's so many different ways to buy tuna fish, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. And uh, of course, it's in a can as well, usually. So that's another thing. And obviously, the fat, the BPA, is going to leach right into your tuna fish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, do you buy it in water? Or do you buy it in oil? And that mm-hmm. was sort of interesting because. I guess we never, you know, Jason actually always has always liked it in the oil, and I always used to like it in the water, just flavor-wise. And um, we found out that it's better to have it in the water. Because um, if you imagine you're going to stick your tuna fish in a thing of oil, well, all of the natural good oil that's in the fish to begin with, all your omega-3, is actually going to be leached out into the oil that you then drain out in your sink. Huh. So you want to buy a tuna that's in water because it will not leach out the omega-3 the same way. Yes. So that was a neat little tip as well. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of times, too, the oil that they pack it in is that canola or that oh, soybean yeah. oil. So, you, right. you know, it's just it's not the oils that we want to, ha- we want to have. Really interesting. I'm going to call my boyfriend out for a second. He, bless his heart, he didn't know this, but... As we know, you know, tuna is very high in mercury. His poor cat was getting a can of of mercury-laden tuna every single morning for, like, probably 10 years. And I was like, she was meowing all the time. And I'm like, babe, I think your cat has, like, mercury poisoning, you know. <laughs> so she's fine. Like, I think she's fine. But, but, but really, I mean, there's so much mercury in tuna. So in your book, you go into the, you know, heavy metal content of different fish. So what are the good fish and what are the ones that we should steer clear from? <laughs> Well, basically, the larger the fish, the longer it's been swimming around 
and chances are it's been eating more of the smaller fish. And basically those toxins are then heavier in those larger fish, uh, which is why you want something that's usually line caught because the line caught fish is obviously going to be a smaller fish than, um, than the big net fishes. Also, they're, they're just healthier when they're caught because you know, the, the ones that are in nets are all like bobbing around and hitting each other. It's just, it's just not a, a pleasant way to do it either. One thing right. about, the, about the amount of toxins is we think that really that's sort of a little bit um, exaggerated. Not that the amount is exaggerated, but we don't have to worry so much about it because the natural selenium in fish actually binds to the mercury and makes it so that um, when you eat the fish, the mercury remains bound and unable to cause any damage to your body. Mm. So that's just something to be really aware of. Also, if you if you keep yourself um, sufficient in selenium, not only will the selenium in the fish help, but the selenium in your body helps as well. So Got you want to really look at fish and you want to consider two facts, like is it high in omega-3? Because that's really one of the reasons we're eating fish. So you want something that's high in omega-3 and lower in toxins. And if it is higher in toxins, then it better be high in selenium as well. So that's okay. how we typically rated all of the fish in, um, in Rishu Poor Food. So we basically go through... I was wow. very excited to see um, I was excited to see oysters in your top list because I'm an oyster freak. It's kind of a acquired taste for me, but now I'm obsessed with oysters, so I love that that was number two. And it's also good too because I didn't know where oysters should be, you know, caught from. I mean, I didn't know if it just didn't matter. So you said that the Pacific oysters in the farmed are good options, but um, steer clear of yeah. the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, right. because that BP spill, we still are having some residual side effects with high levels of cadmium. So okay. that's one of those things that you have to worry about. Um, but, yeah, oysters are fantastic. And people, you know, don't really consider oysters. Mollusks are fantastic because they can be farmed in a safe environment and a sustainable environment. It's one of the only farm fish we like in that they don't mm-hmm. run around and escape and then, you know, make wreak havoc with the rest of the open population. They actually clean the, clean the waters. So we actually like farm mollusks. Yeah, yeah, we have a real pet peeve against farmed fish in general, except for those. Um, because, you know, of course, I, I think people don't realize that 50% of the fish we're getting in America are, is now farmed, 80% mm-hmm. if you're talking about salmon. And, it's you know, it sounds great. We're farming fish, but we're, the same pitfalls that we are trying to clean up now in the, our cattle industry when we put the cattle in the factory farms is the same thing we're doing to our fish now. When we take any animal out of its natural environment, we, there's a sacrifice, and there's a sacrifice in its micronutrient quantity. There's a sacrifice and just the quality of the animal's life. And, and, and then, it, and of course, we've never done this in, in, in the history of human beings. We've never taken fish and put them in these pools and stacked them up with one another, teeming with these, these sea lice and these, this bacteria. This is a huge problem. They have to put vaccinations. There's a, the antibiotics don't even work anymore on them. Um, right. it, it's becoming a really big problem. These fish that are supposed to swim thousands of miles no longer can even hardly swim at all. These animals that are carnivorous in nature, eating other fish, they don't feed them fish anymore because it's too expensive. The, the mm-hmm. price for the fish that it would, it would cost them to, to feed these fish to get to weight would cost more than they're actually going to make when they sell the fish. So now they mix it with genetically modified corn and soy, and of course now they're feeding that to the fish, and they're saying, oh, you know, it's just perfectly fine. Who's to tell it's perfectly fine? The genetic, the genes are different, the fish are acting different, and there's millions of these fish escaping into the natural environment, breeding with our normal fish, and it's really becoming a big problem. 
Now, what about genetically modified fish? Has that made its way into our food system? Not yet, but it's 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 getting there. They're getting close on being able to being able to pass that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of petitions going around right now online. I highly recommend getting out there. You know, get involved. That's the thing. A lot of people, you know, what's a petition going to do? And you know what? They work. We have a perfect example of how they work because recently BVO or brominated vegetable oil was taken out of Gatorade because of a petition. Because two hundred thousand people signed a petition to get a dangerous ingredient out of Gatorade, Gatorade folded and they pulled it. So awesome. you know, sign that petition about the um, Frankenfish because if we all, you know. If if not, it's going to become the norm. And like mm-hmm. we keep saying, it's up to us. All we can do is support things with in any way we can. It's either with your money and how you vote at the grocery store, what you purchase and what you don't. It's the petitions you sign. And it really has to be each person getting involved finally because we've become so foreign. Our food, we have no relationship with it anymore. And mm-hmm. it really is going to be something. Is we're going to have to learn how to get involved in this food process all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there is one that we that your listeners should look out for. It's the Aqua Bounty technology. They are seeking FDA approval for their genetically modified Aqua Advantage brand salmon. And the reason why is because tuna, like I said, generally requires 20 kilograms of feed to produce just one kilogram of tuna. So you can see that this is just not not feasible for most of these fish farmers. But with this new uh, genetically uh, modified fish, it grows year-round to reach market size twice as fast as conventional farm, uh, as conventional salmon. So now they can get it grown up. They, it takes much less feed. It can become profitable. And that's the one that the FDA is looking to approve. And, so, and it looks like they probably will approve it. So just watch out for that. Now, that's going to be labeled at the grocery store, right? Or is it just going to be something that will just kind of creep into the... To the, you know, on the shelves. I, I think it's going to creep. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like they say genetically modified zucchini. No. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you'll, pretty soon you'll see, like, organic salmon. I guess it'll start, you'll start to label the good stuff, kind of like they do now. I mean, now if you go into Whole Foods, you'll see, like, you know, wild-caught salmon right. or wild-caught something. And even, you know, and, and they're, you just have to really learn the words, learn the lingo, mm-hmm. So that you're not left buying and spending because it's not cheap still. You're going to mm-hmm. put your harder money into something that really isn't worth eating if you just right. don't get that education. Yeah, definitely. Now, you guys are the masters of micronutrients. And uh, one thing that can have great micronutrients or not much at all is salt. Do you have a favorite kind of salt? We do. Um, basically, if your salt is white, ditch it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, salt is not supposed to be white. Unrefined sea salt. You want something that is unrefined because basically in the refining process, like in the refining of weed and like in the refining of, of sugar, they basically strip all of the micronutrients out of the salt. So basically a real salt, and there's actually a brand called Real Salt, which is an unrefined salt. What they do is it still has, I think, 92 different minerals and, and that's really amazing because what it does is it balances all the all of the different things in your body. Like you won't get high blood pressure from eating unrefined salt. We get that because what they've done is they've stripped the salt, only leaving the sodium and the chloride. Now, basically, that means that they've taken out all those other important minerals. Mm-hmm. So we, we you want to get an unrefined sea salt. I love the Himalayan. I love the Celtic. And really cool. Get a whole bunch of salts and have a salt tasting. You would mm-hmm. be amazed at the difference in flavor in salt alone. Mm. I know it sounds like a complete geeky food thing to do, but 
Um, <laughs> I love spices. I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge spice fan. Uh, make sure all of your spices are non-irradiated, organic spices, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, with the salt, it's amazing, all the different flavors you can actually get from the salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so just mere touched on irradiation, just in case your people don't realize. If you're most... Almost all spices that are not organic or do not specifically state on the label that they are non-irradiated were uh, irradiated. And so what is irradiation? It's like cold pasteurization. It, they, they take um, basically x-rays and they, they, they just shoot it through the food. One kilogram um, of, of this uh, irradiation contains the radiation output of 33 million chest x-rays. And it's not just spices um, that are irradiated, but meat and poultry are also irradiated with up to, using up to 4.5 kilograms, which equals the radiation output of approximately 150 million chest x-rays. Now, what's the problem with it? The problem is that it creates free radicals in our food, and especially spices, because spices are things that we leave on our shelves for years Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so you go to the spice cabinet and you say, well, do I have any more of that cardamom or do I have any more? Of and it's stuff that you didn't buy a month ago, but maybe several months ago. And so those free radicals, you know, increase exponentially as it sits there on the shelves. And then you sprinkle it on your food and you don't even you don't even think about the fact that you're causing this or you're introducing this into your body and really causing a big demand for those antioxidants to be used at a much faster rate. So. This is just something, especially people who think they've got their diet dialed in, I guarantee you, you still have a lot of irradiated spices in there. Crazy. I'm going to go back to my medicine, or not my medicine cabinet. My, I guess, you know, medicine cabinet, basically, is, that is what it is in the kitchen, you know, because food is medicine. But I'm going to go to my spice cabinet and throw away all those old spices because I never even thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's one of those really, really serious things. And we have coupons. Our favorites are the I love Simply Organic brand and I love Frontier Organic. Um, they mm-hmm. have such a cool array of like Ethiopian, Turkish. I mean, like they have really gone out of their way to make some really cool mixes. And mm-hmm. we have coupons for both of them that are going to be in the Rich Food Resource Center. They've really oh. come to the table. I think it's like either like a dollar off or twenty five percent off. I mean, it's a really good deal on the spices, oh. and it's a good oh. thing to do. You know. Clean out the cabinet and start fresh. Yep, totally, definitely. Now, you call out a lot of different companies. You call out a lot of different um, chemicals and additives and things that are in foods. What are some of the main ones? So what are the, some of the, the main label losers that you, that you call out? Oh, goodness. Okay, so <laughs> basically we have what's called the banned bad boys, and that's a list of ingredients that are banned in other countries but still available in the U.S. foods. Uh, counterfeit colors, those are those artificial colors, blue 1, blue 2, yellow 5, yellow 6, and red 40. Uh, Olestra, that fake fat that um, causes horrible things in the bathroom, that Uh is one of them. BVO, potassium bromate or bromated flour, that's in a lot of um, white bread, that's that's a no-no. Anytime you see the word bromate or anything um, with that word in it, brominated, like brominated vegetable oil. Azodicarbonamide, one of my favorites because I just like saying it. Um, mm-hmm. It took me a while to get it done. Azodicarbonamide, um, it is the same ingredient in your sneaker sole. Mm-hmm. And why it is appearing in your foods, I do not know. It's what a yoga mat is made out of. It's what the bun at McDonald's is made out of. It's what your egg McMuffin sandwich has in it. Uh, but azodicarbonamide is, is another one of those really scary things. 
Uh, we have so many things that we don't. We have 150. What are some of the other ones? Yeah, one of the things I think again, I always like to go to the ones that you may not, we may not be thinking of when we're talking with you know health savvy consumers like your listeners now. So mono and diglycerides. You, you'll start to see this on the label a lot. And after the trans fat whole fiasco, and everybody's so afraid of trans fats, rightfully so, of course, except for CLA, which is a naturally occur, uh, occurring trans fat, um, but man-made trans fats, the, they created these mono and diglycerides, and they create them the same way that they do the, the hydrogenated uh, and partially hydrogenated uh, vegetable oils, which, causes, which is what causes trans fat, but they've got, found a loophole, and mm. instead of labeling them as fat, they label them as emulsifiers, and because they're an emulsifier, they don't have to. They don't have to be put on the fat label. And even though there's trans fats formed during the process of creating these, they're not on the label. You'll never find them on the label. If you see mono and diglycerides in your ingredient list, which is again where we tell people to go, then you'll know that there's a big percent. There's a good chance that you're going to find some trans fatty acids in your food. Mm. But again, wow, it's, it's crazy loopholes like that. That people yeah. just aren't aware of the fact that you know somehow the government has made a you know labeled it in a different way, and all of a sudden they can appear as safe foods and safe ingredients so mm-hmm. I'm looking at a, a label right now of a snack that a patient brought for me today, and she's like, "You've got to try <laughs> this, it's totally healthy, it takes away your cravings." So I just want to read a couple ingredients on the back here um I'm not going to call out who you know the 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 actual products I don't want to do that, but um but it's organic <laughs> organic mango puree, organic apple flavor concentrate, which is water, organic gum, acacia, and natural flavors. What are your thoughts? Okay, natural flavors, <laughs> first of all, if you've ever looked at what natural flavors can be made of, um, you know, that, that can be scary in and of itself because just because something's natural doesn't mean it's something you want to be eating. Um, for mm-hmm. example, and this is, if you if you have a soft sensitive stomach, don't listen. Um, but vanilla, strawberry, and raspberry flavored ice creams and things often um, contain uh, with natural vanilla flavor, natural flavor. That's actually the pus that oozes out of the castor sacs of a beaver. <laughs> um, it's natural. It's a little too natural for my taste, but um, that's natural. So that would be something that we wouldn't want. Anytime you see the word, like a gum. Now, uh-huh. think of a gum as something that's really sticky and ooey-gooey. Gums, generally, when they're on the label, like guar gum and, um, goodness, pectin, and, and yeah. most, of carrying, most of these gums, they actually pull things out of your body. And what they're pulling out is micronutrients mm-hmm. because people don't think about that. But um, it's, it's the same exact principle that um, fiber uses to pull cholesterol out of the body, basically. It sticks to it and yanks it out on its way out. Well, that's the same thing a lot of these gums do. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want gums. Another thing is when you see concentrate, think concentrated sugar. (laughs) That's basically what it is. They've taken out all the the water and basically left all of the sugar to whatever juice they've concentrated. Mm -hmm. Now, the the other one that she gave me, it says... um, on the back, it doesn't have any gums. It just says organic mango puree, organic acai pulp, berry, um, uh, something, something. It has. It says citric acid. However, on the front, it says no GMOs. So okay. does that mean it's not GMO citric acid? Yes. If it says no GMOs on the product, then you're you're then you're good on that one. 
Okay. It's, so it's basically what that's telling you is it's coming from corn, but it's not a genetically modified corn. Now, some people still have bad reactions with corn products, so obviously that mm. wouldn't be for them. But that sounds Got like it. a, you know, a good a product, clean. yeah. Okay, awesome. What is well, it? one of them passed the test. Um, it's by Matt's Munchies, and the first one I read to you is, is the Applelicious flavor, which didn't pass according to what you said. However, on the front, it does say no GMOs on that one, too. So, But it, but it does have natural flavors. Maybe it has some weird, funky things in there, even though it's not ge- not genetically modified. But the other one was their acai flavor. And they are amazingly delicious, so I was hoping it was healthy. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think it yeah. probably is. You know, I mean, it's not like every natural flavor is bad. You know, you, you, okay. you, but if a company really does its due diligence and goes out mm-hmm. there and, and, and does a good job at creating it, and you can trust the company and call them up and yeah. talk with them. You know, not right. every every natural flavor is bad. It's just there's a lot of them out there that you know when you go into manufacturing and once you've done that, like we've done it, and you get a you get a chance to kind of look behind the curtain as to what goes on when they when when with a natural flavor. I mean, they'll try yeah. to throw all kinds of stuff in there. We were creating a product in, in one time and it was natural flavor, and then they started putting all this this mask stuff in it and this other mm. stuff and this E twenty six forty two, and I'm like, what in the world is this stuff? And it was like, well, yeah. it's just it's under natural flavor. I don't even know what it is. Um, right. and we found out the hard way because basically, you know, and we know this because on our box it still says natural flavor, so we learned the hard way. We know mm. that it's just from a fruit. But at the time when we were first creating our boxes, and a lot of these young manufacturers are in the same boat that we were, our next boxes will not say natural flavor. Um, mm. We'll actually specify. But a lot of these young manufacturers just don't know that if they, if they did better, they should put better on there. Mm-hmm. Could be that it's perfectly safe and perfectly fantastic, um, but the, you know what? The cool thing is, you can call. Yep. There's always someone there to answer the phone, and yeah. they don't mind. I mean, I, we've got amazing relationships with so many of these manufacturers now, and they they are doing such a great job. It's a thankless job creating new products, and mm. um, we love we love 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 these food manufacturers that we're working with because. We, you know, we started doing blogs with them so they could tell their story about why they started creating these better foods. Yeah, totally. Just support the people who are doing it, you know, really the right way. And and the the beauty of what you guys have put together is that if people want the information to be able to read the labels, then great, they can do that. But if they just want to know which brands to buy, you give them that information too. Yeah, I mean that's that's right. We tried to put it in a way that that they could really utilize. I mean, what we're trying to do is we're trying to spur on a grassroots movement. We call it the mm-hmm. rich food revolution, and we we want to stop people thinking, you know, where's the government? Where are they going to start helping us? Where are they going to make our food safe? And we want them to yeah. start thinking in the way. I want to educate myself. When I do educate myself, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to make better food decisions. I'm going to I'm going to use that information that I learned. I'm going to share it with my friends. And, and we did something else. We we have our, in our Rich Food Resource Center a section called the Rich Food Request List. And this is an important piece because a lot of times people will come to us and say, "Well, I had your book and I was in the store and they didn't have that brand." Mm-hmm. And then we say, well, that's great. They said, well, we, you know, I, there wasn't anything that I could really find that was comparable, so I guess I won't be able to have that. Well, that's not what we want. We want mm-hmm. you now to go onto the website, download this free request list. What we did is we went, we listed every rich food manufacturer that we have in the book, and then we went and we got the UPC codes so that those, so that your grocery stores can easily find them and order them. Just simply circle the selection that you want, bring it to your grocery store manager, and request that they carry it. And grocery stores, the funny thing is that they're already set up to accommodate basic requests. You know, they can't get every single food, but if they can get it, they're, they're set up to do that. 
One person brings it in, maybe nobody, nothing happens, but pretty much 20 people, 200 people, 2,000 people start requesting these foods, and we really feel that it has the ability to crowd these poor foods off the shelf and get the rich foods into the market, um, and that the people have the ability to make this change. We don't have to wait for them to do it, but we have the power. Yep, yep, Absolutely. So well stated. I absolutely love it. I love what you guys are doing. Do you guys have any um, other little, like, maybe topics we didn't touch on, anything else you're dying to share? <laughs> we, I think it's been a rich discussion. Yeah, no, I think we touched a little bit of everything. It was great. Um, you know, basically, if people do have questions or products they would like to see us cover, they can totally send us through our contact us. We are always going to be updating this. We have manufacturers coming to us now, which is so cool saying, we are going to look at, we, would you look at these different products and tell us if we can improve them? Um, so it, it's really going to be something that we're going to continue. If you have a product that you, you know, that you love, ask us about it. We'd be more than happy. We're always looking for, you know, other great rich foods that we can help promote. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also in that Rich Food Resource Center, which, again, is absolutely free. You just have to come to the website, sign up. It will be launching on the 26th. Um, what we're going to do in the book, we also have quite a few recipes because oftentimes we didn't find the foods we wanted in the grocery store, so we tell people how to make them at home really, really quick. But we know that some people have a hard time following recipes, so we're going to do video recipes too. You just click on the video. You'll see us in our own kitchen, really casual. We're going to make the recipe right along with you, so if you're one of those people who just can't make it happen, we're going to show you how much oil to pour into the blender, how to turn it on, make mayo, make your salad dressing do all that stuff with you. It'll be a lot of fun so people can join us uh, and, and do recipes with us. Super cool. I'm going to put you on, a, on the spot real quick because I know you guys had a crazy day, but what did you guys eat today? Oh, Lord, what did we eat? Um, for breakfast, <laughs> we, we went to there. What did, oh, we had an omelet for breakfast. Yeah, bacon, okay. and, um, bacon uh, and cheese omelet. Um, no bread on the side, no potatoes, nothing like that on the side. And for um, lunch, we had chicken wings. Yep. <laughs> we had a lot of blue chicken. We're in keto, or we're in uh, keto, we're doing keto right now. So we're our, our menu is not going to be very interesting to very very many people. Plus, we were on the road, so it was somewhat limited in choices. Yeah, right, and, right, and I right. think that's. A really good point. We talk about it in the book too. When we're traveling, we realize that there's not a lot, you know, we have to do the best that we can. And we never yeah. ask our readers to be perfect. And we also say, hey, if you see us out there and we're eating something that may not be perfect, we're not perfect either. We're not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a big thing in the nutrition world is, you know, you think, oh my gosh, you must have a perfect diet. When we're at home, I think we come pretty close to to a perfect diet. But when we're mm-hmm. traveling on the road, I mean, when we're in restaurants, we do the best that we can, but right. we have to eat what's available to us. And that's what we expect, you know, our readers to do as well. And there was no right. grass-fed meat at the um, JFK airport. <laughs> <laughs> Until they read your book, then there will be. There you go. We'll go in and help them out. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so great to talk to you guys. I'm so excited to see you at Paleo FX. I'm going to be lecturing, and I know you guys are also going to be there and going to be doing your thing too. So I'm really excited to catch up and have some fun down in Austin. Absolutely. Yeah. We, it'll be our first Paleo FX, and uh, we're thrilled. And we had so much fun with you over at Ancestral, so it'll be uh, good to catch up again. I know. So tell the listeners where they can get your book and where they can keep up with what you're doing. Okay. Um, everything is always on our website, Calton, C-A-L-T-O-N, nutrition.com. The Rich Food Resource Center is in com, and that's where they're going to find everything rich food, poor food. 
The book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in the stores, um, Books a Million. It's, it's everywhere right now. Uh, if you go to callnutrition.com, upcoming appearances, you can always find out where we're going to be on television, when we're going to be on the radio next, and when hopefully we're going to be in your hometown doing something. So um, that's a really good place to keep up with uh, where they can find us. Rockin'. Love it. Well, you two, um, I think it's your bedtime, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time for that. Sweet dreams. Yeah, right. You're you're saving the world. No time for that. Um, but we'll talk soon, and um, thanks for such a great show, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you Thank for you helping for us get it. the word out. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Definitely. Have a good night. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, I love those two. So inspiring to me. I just love the idea of traveling the world and just helping people and helping them be healthier and change in healthcare. It's just like, oh, it's so motivating. I love it. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning into the show. It's been really, really fun. Check me out next week, same time, same day, and uh, drlaurennoel.com. I work with patients locally in San Diego and all over the country, and if you're looking for a doctor to help you out, I would love to be the person to help you. Have a wonderful night. Be healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See stores for details. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, wah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.